Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for the 18th installment of our Extra Lore series, recorded live on September 6, 2017, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Big shout out to our live chat here. Thank you so much for taking a momentary break from the Destiny 2 hype and spending your evening with us. Our topic for this chat is going to be an introductory look into the Final Fantasy series. This is your host, Blue Crew 86. Uh, Justin is actually taking the night off tonight. He is in the middle of actually picking up and moving physically, so he's he's wrapping that up right now. And Mel, I have I spoke with Mel earlier tonight. Uh, she had a work uh, emergency work schedule kind of come up. She was going to be on tonight, um, but be sure to let her know that we miss her and that we're giving her support over on Twitter at the Wind of the Stars. Her life is still kind of pretty hectic. the the con the the cosplay situation has calmed down. Now she's fighting that whole work schedule that all of us, all of us love to fight. Um, but we do have our resident Gunter extraordinaire, green-eyed music lover. Green, I uh, I hope you're ready for the shenanigans. What are your thoughts on the topic tonight? I I know you have some. I know you uh, have some. So I started out last month really excited about like, okay, I'm going to get into every single one of these. I'm going to watch somebody's rundown on it. I'm going to. Because it's related to Kingdom Hearts, and Julie's playing that right now, and she's gotten like twenty five hours into it already. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to learn about the background of it. I got through. I think I watched eight. There's this one oh, really no, good YouTuber, don't. really good YouTuber who Do just does like two hour long episodes about them, and I got one through eight finished, and I went. I mean, you should not have you should not have watched the one for the Final Fantasy that shall not be named. Oh, well, okay. I I don't say I really watched that one. Good. I kind of more snoozed through it a little bit because mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. kind of. I mean, couldn't... the game that literally almost destroyed SquareSoft. Oh. Yes, they yes, almost declared bankruptcy after that. Sony had to bail them out. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it was it was interesting, but. I'm excited I just love to that hear your guys' take on it. I love the fact that she started off the conversation with, I was really excited a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> you should have talked to me, Green. I would have been like, watch watch the ones for this one, this one, this one, and that one. Like, there's so yeah. many you should oh, skip. No. One, but two, I, and three, you don't need to do. Eight, nobody should have to one, suffer. Two, and three. One, two, and three made sense to me because it's like, oh, there's like a connecting theme going on. There okay. isn't, though. There is. No. There is. No. There is. Then you watch. Then you watch the tinfoil hat guy. No, I did not watch the tinfoil hat guy. Yeah, we didn't. We haven't done a video on it yet. We haven't done. We haven't. haven't, This is this is our video on it. So we haven't. The tinfoil hat series hasn't gone out yet. There are arguably two Final Fantasies that are connected, and that's one and nine. I okay. They're not connected, like, world-wise. I meant theme-wise. I mean, they're all connected theme-wise. It's just an evolving theme as the game's gone along. Right. Like, I was talking more about the the concept of the, what is it, the crystals? Yeah. Those exist all the way up till, those exist all the way up to five. Yeah, which is why I was like, oh, they have a connection. This makes more sense to me. And then after that, they went, no, not so much. Mm, Kind of. We'll get there. 
Okay. Well, <laughs> teach me because I am still very frustrated about the whole situation. Well, so we can we can kind of describe the connections. The crystal thing sort of evolves into a different concept called like it, it sort of changes and by I think by what 11 is the first one, 12 is the first one that doesn't really truck with it, but like in 6 through 10 it, it it's more like a maybe 10 doesn't either. But it becomes a concept called like magicite or these other stones. Um, that sort of have the same thing, but are sort of a lower that's, tier and more spread out. That's right. Yeah, it, it, it seems to take on this different, pers- like the, the two different things between either crystals or or magicite. Those are the the two common themes that you see, two common tropes often it's, within Final okay. Fantasy. Definitely. And okay, I'm gonna stop some... you real quick before Blue gets any more. Like, hey, yeah, hey I, know, I haven't done my job. <laughs> I, but I do have questions. I have leading questions, so just hold up on me. Wait, well, <laughs> let me say one more thing about the theme. Oh, okay. Is that is that five is a very different game, and there's a reason why I think that the game shifts modes after that, and we can get into that towards the end. But I, I think that it's, I think that the theme continues, and five is the reason for its change. But we can get there later. So the mysterious voices that you're hearing. Um, oh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what i was like i was like let me introduce you guys um and then i'll get out of your way no, i'll get you? completely out of the way <laughs> no introduce only fight <laughs> right so of course for these topics we always want to make sure we have someone or a couple of people who are well versed in the lore so with that being said i want to welcome our two guest co-hosts first we have one of our chat moderators and a returning guest co-host damuel Demo, how's everything going Hello. for you tonight? Fantastic! It's my birthday. Oh, hey! Yeah, that's birthday. right. I forgot Thank you're you. Uh, you got Destiny Two for your birthday. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much the greatest bu- birthday present Bungie mm-hmm. could have given me. Nice. Yay. Seriously, they did that specifically for you. All the promo I, material was September eighth, and then they were like, "Oh wait, we gotta fix I, I, that." In fact, I in fact remember that I was in Focus Fire when that got announced, and I was like, "Holy <laughs> crap!" They literally moved it on to my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, yes. I got I got one of the little Cade promos from GameStop. They are get, mm-hmm. they're like giving away all the cardboard stuff because they're you know it's over for for mm-hmm. them the the big whatever go live thing, and uh, it's mm-hmm. it's one of the ones that says September eighth, and I was like, <laughs> that's actually even funnier. Like I was like, yeah. this is this is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so can we let can you let people know real quick where to find you and what got you into Final Fantasy? Um. You can find me on Twitter uh, at Damoel, or you can uh, check out my uh, Destiny Spinfoil podcast, uh, Rabbit Hole Radio. And uh, I first got into Final Fantasy when I rented it on a whim, Final Fantasy IV. Um, I played Final Fantasy One and I enjoyed it, but like when I when I rented four and I, I played through it, I think I mean I was pretty young at the time, but I think I still stayed up for like thirty six or thirty seven hours, and I didn't stop until I'd beaten it. Nice. And um, I was actually playing a copy that. Is kind of rare um, for people who don't know. Final Fantasy IV, when it was brought over, was easy-ified for the American mm-hmm. audience, but there was a small release that wasn't that way. And so I played one of those, and so the final boss fight took me, I think, seven and a half hours of pounding on my head against the wall until I could beat it. Dang! But I was so into the the story, I had to see it through. So, and that's pretty much when the addiction started, and it never stopped. You know, in in some in some psychological circles, that's 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 actually a problem. We we might need to talk some counseling if it if if it's that abusive of a relationship. 
I mean, it was, it was, you know, it was battered, battered, it was friendly love taps. <laughs> right, right, fine, right. Fine. Battered, Final battered Final gamer Final syndrome, <laughs> battered gamer syndrome is, is <laughs> yeah, a real no, thing. It's, it's okay. <laughs> oh, <God>. So <laughs> next. Battered mentality. But sure. <laughs> next up is a great friend of ours and someone I understand to be a huge fan of this particular subject. Beard Grizzly. Mm-hmm. Beard, how's everything? How's everything going for you tonight? Oh, it's going outside of the fact that I've had about three hours sleep in the last three, almost four days. Hey, um, so, yeah, so I'm yeah. pretty well. I'm are pretty you, well hopped up on caffeine. And are you I'm, a content I'm, creator I'm, or something? I don't. I'm. I'm pretty sure. I, I'm not <laughs> sure if that's the case, I, but I forgot. I, I. I think I'm. I think I'm kind of faking it, if nothing else. Like, what is what is life at the moment? <laughs> Why can I see sounds? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, say, what? Wait a minute, That's, what is this code that I see? I, I didn't know I was a robot. <laughs> That's a thing. That's oh, me, man. Well, how about you? Can you let us know where people can find you and what got you into Final Fantasy? Uh, sure. I can be found pretty well anywhere that uh, you can type beard underscore grizzly. Uh, that'll actually be <laughs> on either YouTube, uh, Twitch. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter there. Uh, plenty of other places in, in terms of... Uh, where I am. I've got my own website now too, uh, just beardgrizzly.com. Nice. Uh, trying to keep up with that as best as I can. Uh, that is actually a huge, huge undertaking because I'm trying to put my scripts up there now too for you guys. Cool. Uh, anyway, uh, cover nice. a bunch of Destiny lore if you're not familiar with me. Uh, I am very spin foily. Very. Did I mention that the spin foil hat may as well have been put into Destiny 2 because of me? Oh, uh, I that's, saw that. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> i saw um, that tweet and i was like oh that is so awesome oh my oh my god I, as soon as i saw that i was like that that needs to be on my head like all the time <laughs> i will i will not wear a helmet in in combat zones just so i can wear that i'm totally fine with this uh-huh but what got me into final fantasy uh comes down to a few different things uh one i've always been a very story uh oriented person and when i had uh I've, should kind of say it here first because I didn't get into Final Fantasy uh, until Final Fantasy VII, uh, and that was kind of a very popular realm for a lot of people uh, because it was what PlayStation, what Sony was really kind of hyping it up to be. I didn't own a SNES when I was younger, so for me, when I saw FF7, I was like, that looks amazing! And as soon as I heard you could have like over 100 hours in the game, I was like, I need this. So... <laughs> I started with that, and and it kind of just built from there. Uh, But long story short, I loved uh, the the character designs, the models, and stuff like that. That's what interested me more than anything. But afterward, it started to be this idea of the the story, the the storytelling that's in here is more related to to stuff of life, and and that's kind of just panned back to me as like a a younger kid as, as like there's a lot I can kind of relate to with these characters, even though they're they're in a fantasy realm. Uh, and and it's this interesting tor- storytelling that they kind of have had throughout the entire series. And I didn't realize that until like I think another five years later when I started to backtrack and find out they did this a lot more than just that. So that's what got me interested in it. I, I just started dip- digging into it even further. Awesome. Well, let's run through the intro real quick, and then I'm just gonna kind of step out of the way and let the let the two of you explain to us what we don't know. You can okay. see if I like cats and dogs. Yeah, yes, that, or that too. too. I mean, I have I have a bucket of water, so if it gets a little too calm, I'll just throw that in there and you know see what happens. Actually, right? Is that is so isn't that how that works? Is, so what you're saying is for the puppies? Yes, yeah. for the puppies. 
we're we're gonna we're more gonna of a struggle, man. Myself, but <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's run through the intro real fast. Before we start off the chat, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes. In our last Extra Lore episode, we discussed the Horizon Zero Dawn series. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out the new www.focusfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats, links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat out in the internets, and a growing collection of community articles. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing, as well as helping us continue to grow. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. With the Extra Lore series, we delve into a game series other than Destiny for a full month, giving the group a chance to get a feel for the other games that our community loves to play. We try to stream a recap of this month-long conversation in the first week of each month. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. These include Guardian Radio, the first and longest-running Destiny podcast on the net, Guardian 1, Ghost and Echoes, which also has the Destiny audio grimoire from Destiny 1, and the network's newest edition, a non-Destiny podcast, Paragon Radio. Our next extra lore is going to be a discussion on the lore of the DC Universe. Never let it be said that we shy away from immense subjects. So be sure to jump into the Discord server and weigh in. With that, Dama, would you kindly start us off with a general summary on the information that we have about Final Fantasy? Well, I mean, it's it's pretty in-depth. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and go! Okay. Yeah, really... Uh, Beard, maybe you could summarize it easier for, than I could. Oh no! Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna ship this back to you. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like Jay's just like, and demo. Why don't you tell us about what's going on with Final Fantasy? And he's like, uh, uh, uh Beard, get me out of this one quick. <laughs> yeah, pretty play, much. Play me off, Johnny. Um, no. So the uh, the the whole understanding with Final Fantasy, uh, the biggest thing is that it's generally uh, a typical hero uh, versus villain setup in a way, but it, it starts to be more of a, a group. And within the, that group is generally these, these different personalities that end up forming uh, so on and so forth. It, it's been a, a common trait that you see in a lot of new games today. Uh, but basically that villain has something that they effectively want to either end time end the world and whatever there might be about, uh, what exists on the planet, uh, basically just an all alternative evil. Uh, and then you, you have the, the few guys that are there to say, well, no, that's stupid. And we're going to fight you and kill you and stuff. Uh, and it just, it stems out further though, because you get introspective with the characters, uh, that exist. Uh, I had mentioned Final Fantasy VII originally already, uh, so to look at something like that, you get a, a character like Cloud, who's actually a lot more, he has more depth to him than you think he does. And once you get to the revelations about everything that's happening, and you start to realize that he may not necessarily be the most important character, it's this thing that Square Enix has carried on further and further into a lot of their other games. 
it paints this picture of, and especially with Final Fantasy, it, it paints this picture that every character that is within this game is that important. And uh, at least for me, it's always been about the characters. It has always been about what those characters do, how they develop, and so on. But again, if you end up just kind of bringing it down to the basics, uh, it's basically heroes versus villains, and villain just wants to be a, a, a complete jerk. It's so they usually have, usually, I will say, because there's one yeah. or two exceptions, they usually actually have fairly compelling and interesting stories and reasons why they're seeking what they're seeking. Yes. Because um, I would definitely say that deep villains, um, outside of the first few, very much personify um, the game. Yes. Yeah, it, it's uh, as funny as it is that you brought up DC. It, it's kind of like why I uh, continue to read Batman or something like that. Uh, I, I care more about the villain a lot of the time than I do necessarily about most of the other characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even then, there there are those uh, there are those characters within Final Fantasy that are very anti-hero. Uh, I would I would call Final Fantasy X and Auron as an example. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily care too much about FF10 as much as a lot of people want to punch me in the face for that one. I forgive uh, you, but I I loved Auron as a character. He no, Auron's one of the saving... best characters in the history of Final Fantasy. Yeah, uh, he was the saving grace to Final Fantasy X. Period. There is so few otherwise that are. Uh, how can you beginning to unforgive Oren... you? <laughs> beginning to unforgive you whatever no, like it, it, in re, in reality like you you have a a final you have final fantasy 10 and then all of a sudden you have a character like Oren who's who's in there and it's like how did this guy get paired up with the rest of this squad well, i mean from that's a design the standpoint point it's like, of the what story. the heck happened it's like literally yeah, the whole point of the story right We'll get to that one because I'm definitely going to go into detail on on Ted because it's oh, my, favorite, my favorite. Please, can we not? No, I said we're going to fight, and I knew <laughs> okay. that we were going to fight, so we're going to fight. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. When we get to Final Fantasy Tactics, you can you can wake me up. <laughs> wow. Okay, so bad guys versus good guys. Generally, the good guys are in a group. Is mm-hmm. am I understanding? Yeah, it's pretty much always a, a group effort. Usually. So it's okay. it's it's like a squad. It's it's always a squad based presentation, right? Is yeah, there's never been good. a game where you you have a single player. Is so there, put, put it this even. put it this way: if you actually like were able to take like Cade, Ikora, and Zavala out of the tower and make mm-hmm. them somewhat useful, then that is what that would be. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Um, in the first few games, the the initial group is very kind of light. Um, whereas like by the, the later ones, um, it's less that way and there's a lot more depth to it. Yes. Right. There was one that had some sort of time traveling thing. (laughs) One. (laughs) The one that I fell asleep in kind of had a time traveling thing. in it. I love the collective groan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, eight is... Probably we're just not going to talk about that much unless Beard, for some reason, likes it because that game is just a mess. All right, um, hang on. I'm going to say one quick story about Final Fantasy VIII, and that's that a good friend of mine used to argue that it was better than most of the other Final Fantasies out there because I mean, there's, it was a single story. And I was like, "That that's your reasoning? You're you're not going to look at Final Fantasy VI or IV or, or III mm-hmm. or, or V or, or even IX? 
You're going to say that 8 is a better game than most of the others? Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, there it's got an ardent fan base of people who really, really, really enjoy it. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know, cool for them. Um, but, <laughs> you know, they're... Is that the one where there's like this witch type character? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's the one I'm thinking of then. Yeah. And it just, it, it devolves into this just. I mean, there's a moment you... at halfway through the game or something where the characters are like, oh yeah, we all grew up at the same orphanage together. Right. And the right. villain was the orphan mother. Like that yeah. actually right. happens. They just yeah. also, all of a sudden sort of remember this. I went yes. when I was the 11th listening hour. to it. Yeah. When yeah. I was listening to that, I went, <laughs> Huh? Why? That seems like now, a that why? seems like a that seems Not to like mention, a but the magic system Larson. is one of the best systems ever designed and in it you will sit there and in a fight and continually hit this one button to get the spell out of the enemy over and over and over and over. <sighs> that's all you do. That's that's your whole game right there is um that but, for hours. Mashing? Yeah. It may as well be. Yes, with a command code. Not the fact that it's a button mash. It's the fact that you're selecting the same command <laughs> over and over oh. again. So it's yeah. Pokemon before Pokemon. It basically, Final Fantasy is effectively that idea. But a- as silly as it is, I would say that uh, Pokemon was better structured in terms of its fighting mechanics than Final Fantasy VIII ever could stand to be. Yeah. Okay. Because, like, at least in Pokemon, like, you don't do that. You don't do that all the time, and you don't ha- like you. You can stop doing that from early on if you really want, right? You can catch your your full team of Pokemon, and you're done. Right. You, you can you can never approach that again. Um, that is not true in Final Fantasy because you will eventually run out of spells. And I would just like to state that we went from a tangent of uh, to to Pokemon from Final Fantasy VIII because that's how much anybody could ever care about that game. Pretty much. Okay. So. <laughs> Damn. After striking a nerve like that, we were talking. That was a nerve strike. I know. It definitely was. Um, I was trying to think. Okay, so we went from earlier. We were talking about the crystals. Yes. And there went from a crystals to a totally. What was the other magic system that you were talking about? They they kind of decentralize magitech. it and make ma- magicite um which magicite. is like which is basically like crystallized magic and often associated mm. with particularly powerful beings right um, Dr- most notably some of the dragons right yeah. well the summons in general um and like espers in- are the common one where you start right. to hear about yeah. stuff like magis magitech magicite yeah mm-hmm. and so wasn't that it, so like it's final a- fantasy three or something like that where that comes in or four six six, six. Okay. yeah it's the start so and, this and is a this clarify, is a world this is a world that has magic, just to make sure right. everyone everyone catches that. Like, is most that, of is them do, yeah. Most, but, okay, most well, and I guess that's the question: is so even bigger picture summary is Final Fantasy all taking place in the same world or same universe? Like, what's we don't does, know. Okay, yeah. So now, okay, okay. Could, no, go for it. Go for it. You you could you could argue. Uh, that point implicitly and there is definitely uh, a couple theories that i know that are that have been swimming out there for years uh kind of with the thought that it at least takes place on like two worlds or at least a few worlds that are kind of interconnected and that stems back actually to two very big characters or three if you really want to drag it out and that's the villain of final fantasy 5 
uh, which is uh, XDEF, and then also the uh, the Dark Cl- uh, Dark Cloud, which is the major full villain in Final Fantasy three, and then also Genova, who isn't necessarily the full villain in Final Fantasy seven, but pretty close. Uh, effectively, I mean, it's hard these... to find a villain in Final Fantasy seven. Honestly, it's kind of a it really weird is. story. <laughs> right, I gotta say, every everybody's effectively a a villain in, in a. No, Eris is pure and did nothing wrong. <laughs> yes, right, totally. Um, I'm not gonna argue with him. Man, I will fly oh. over there and slap you. <laughs> you leave my precious flower seller alone. Uh huh. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, so, isn't there like a character, a recurring named Gilgamesh, that's kind he, of like somewhat a anti-hero type character every once in a while kind of a weird character but he's not necessarily like it's you can't you can think about him as recurring but you can't necessarily think about him as connecting okay like there's no there's no there's no actual proof that the that it's the same gilgamesh or related yeah same Um, thing with the the what is it like Ultros shows up in a lot of them too, but it's just kind of mm-hmm. a joke. Um, my my theory is actually that yes, the universes are all connected, and I actually have like a really crazy spin foily theory that basically, as the games went on, they decided they were kind of going to go backwards. Because if you yeah. look at um, if you look at the Final Fantasies, one of the one of the things you very quickly see is that there's these ancient civilizations. Mm-hmm. That um, have huge technological advances over where you're where you're going, right? It's a big theme in Final Fantasy One, right? You have to go find the airship, and then you find this glimmering tower that looks all futuristic and mm-hmm. uh, packed out. And so, my theory has always been that there are Final Fantasy One, Two, Three, and Four take place in one world, mm-hmm. or one combination of worlds. Five actually has this weird thing where there's two worlds that kind of get bricked together by the villain. Yeah. And so that's that's what that's my theory. Also, why crystals stop existing then? Right. Well, don't they end up like they have anti crystals or like dark crystals? In four, in they five do five or four. Yeah. Four. Um, and that also gets kind of wonky and like can kind of still work with three, two, and one not having that because mm-hmm. of what happens to the crystals sort of at the end of four, yes. um, which has a, one of the most absurdly twisty stories, but is still freaking amazing. Um, so weird, isn't that the I one? Still... Uh, that one. So I'll go over four too. really quick. So, okay. like, the basic premise of four is that ages ago there was this really huge civilization um, on the moon that was super advanced in like magic and technology, and they kind of looked down at the Earth and realized there was a huge potential for them to kind of screw everything up down there. And one guy in particular was sort of aiming at that. He's like, you know, we're we're superior to these people, so we should just control them and dominate them, and and you know, they should be our servants. And so, like, they all locked themselves into like cryosleep, except for one that was supposed to keep an eye out and make sure nothing bad happened to them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the villain himself actually wakes himself up and escapes, but while that guy is kind of off, um, literally philandering on Earth, um, and so. That all happens, and then your character kind of, you grew up an orphan in this kingdom, and like, the king kind of took you in, so you really respect him, and you kind of listen to what he says, and he's kind of guiding you on this path that gets increasingly dark, and then and then sends you on this mission where you end up murdering a lot of people, unbeknownst to you, like you didn't know it was going to happen, and you end up deciding that you're going to take him down, and you find out that he's not the king, he's been kind of replaced by this evil spirit. 
who happens to be like the brother of somebody or something? I'll get there. Mm. Okay. So that king hires a guy um, that takes over your position when he kind of fires you. And that guy is just the worst. Like he goes around killing people, you know, torching nations, doing all this crazy stuff. Long story short, that spirit guy from the the moon kind of came to Earth and took over your your brother, Golbez. That's the guy who took uh, the reins after you and sort mm-hmm. of led him into doing all of this awful stuff. Yeah. And so you sort of have to like cleanse yourself of the, the king's influence and sort of achieve your destiny. And in doing so, you actually like kind of refuse to kill your brother and sort of pull him away from the corruption. And then you go back and you kick the ever-loving crap out of this this dark force that's sort of been polluting everything. And right. then your brother and the the other guy decide they're going to go back to sleep, and you kind of head back to try to fix the world that this you know giant jerk completely ruined or tried to. Yeah. It was really confusing to watch that one too. It's the games are tough to watch like let's plays and stuff because like it oh, yeah. honestly they're dense, right? Like if you're not actually like playing through it at the appropriate pace, like that's there there are things you don't want to make more dense if mm-hmm. you can avoid it. Well, that and okay, so I that's four. Yeah. Isn't the one that you're talking about that has the two worlds bricked together was also that's five. Thing incredibly um, confusing especially towards yes highly. i think it's gonna you think it's gonna end and then there's this whole other subplot going on and it's like what nope. huh? why you had a perfectly good story why aren't you finishing i mean final fantasy tends to like square in general likes to weave stories together if you ever really want to screw your brain up and see them like their storytelling at its apex. And by that, I actually mean that it's one of the best stories I think ever created. Um, go, go read the story for a game called Seno gears. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's one of the most convoluted stories, but it has just, it's fantastic. It's, it's basically at the shortest, like a 60 to 70 hour game. And it's, it's, it's squares opus in my opinion. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they, has... they like weaving deep, complicated stories. And one thing that I also really res- respect and love about them is that they really like, um, they really, they really like leaving stuff up to interpretation. They they very mm-hmm. rarely give you every detail. Yeah, I noticed. Um, which I think is one of the best things about Destiny. Actually, is that they do the same thing, right? There there are whole portions of the world that you're left to fill in a little bit by yourself because mm-hmm. they want you to. And I think that's actually pretty cool. Okay, can mm-hmm. we go over what happened in Final Fantasy when it came to the U.S. releases versus the Japanese oh, releases? Because that, I mean, I, I understand it. Like how the numbering sequence ended up working right. out, is that what like, you mean? Like number, like the Asian release is six and Japan. But so it's actually it's like- pretty simple. So they didn't have confidence in Final Fantasies 2 and 3 for an American audience, basically at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so they didn't want to release them, so they they basically skipped over those. And then when the Famicom Super Famicom was coming out, and they made Final Fantasy IV, they decided that they were going to push um, push it over to America, which is the first time they intentionally did that. Uh, FF One coming over was kind of like a a touch and go thing for a long time, and obviously they're glad they did because it sold even better over here than it did in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yes, but. Um, yeah, so um, there was a big stigma, and it, it was somewhat deserved against American audiences, in which like challenge was not at all desired, and the Japanese philosophy on design was the opposite. 
Um, like they really wanted their games to to be tough and punishing and like you had to work for it. And Americans didn't buy those games very much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one reason why they didn't want to, they just didn't, they just didn't think they could bring two and three over. And so when they brought four over, they decided they didn't want to call it four out of the blue. So they called it two and then Mm -hmm. they skipped five as well, uh, for reasons. Um, and then they did six as three. Um, and, and then, then they yeah. caught up eventually. Like now we're well, so they they abandoned either. that numbering structure for seven. Okay. Um, because basically it stopped having a point. Um, mm-hmm. Because we like too many people were were onto it, as it were. Yeah. Okay. Um, too many people were like the the world of the internet started to really pick into everything, which was part of it. Secondarily was uh, just Sony, like I mentioned earlier was seven. They started to really, really make it more popularized. Uh, but as soon as we started seeing a lot of the, the Japanese commercials that got posted, we were like, why is it named seven? Because they actually were trying to call it four over here. Originally, mm-hmm. they Very completely briefly. hogwashed it really quick. Uh, but it was it was something that they ended up finding. Well, suddenly we've got all these other games that you don't know about, and now people wanted to start to play those. Okay, um, but and yeah, actually, that's that's basically where it. We got them. Um, in yeah, some remakes. Yeah, because they had uh, origins and they had anthologies that they ended up bringing to PlayStation One. Uh, basically, shortly after, I think like a year after they started to release those. Uh, with the PlayStation 1. And we also got the uh, Chrono Trigger version uh, on PlayStation as well. So a couple of those things... Yes. So a couple of these ended up just merging together, uh, and we ended up eventually over in the United States getting all of them, and we were just kind of like, wow, we should have had these a lot sooner. But admittedly, something like Final Fantasy V early on probably would not have sold very well over here. Uh, I, I would at least argue that to a to a heavy point, but I think three would have done very well over here. Okay, I, I think five could have potentially, but I like it would have taken a lot of work to make it into something. Yes. I think that fit well, um, and like I, they didn't want to do that, and they still haven't. Right, the tra- the ports and translations we've gotten are they're not bad, Terrible. but they're eh, I mean, yeah, it definitely mm-hmm. loses something in translation, even with the best of them. Um, the yes. fan translation I originally played is still the best one. Um, yeah, but I, I mean okay. that was as far as like the story goes and like what I would be interested in. I really liked the one through four structure as far as yeah. the it's it was not a simple story by any stretch, but at the same time it wasn't it it didn't feel like it was so disjunct, and mm-hmm. a lot of the later stories feel very. M. Night Shyamalan really They're actually just... not though. Um, they're tough. They're tough to describe, and they're tough to see mm-hmm. in a short video. But like, they don't have that issue when you sort of see them in game, right? Um, outside of um, the wonder, the wonder reveal in eight that we've already discussed, uh, I feel like mm-hmm. most of the stories are fairly coherent. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. Yeah, I, I would say even with Final Fantasy VII and like the reveal of what happened with Cloud uh, had more semblance and thought behind it. It was missing that that one cutscene that shouldn't have been hidden, and I think it would have answered so many other questions. Yeah, like it's. I would say that it's it's vaguely rough, but it still yes. makes sense. 
a okay. lot more sense than freaking FF8. That's for sure. We'll put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Can we go over what said cutscene was? Oh my goodness! Do you really want me to do this? Because well, this is a conversation and a half. I'm sure. Yeah. Let's it is. let's wait for sevens. Let's let's. Yes. So so let's let's illustrate. I think the ones that we're probably going to hit the most. Okay. Um, I I think four, six, seven, and ten are probably our best bets for the big the big callouts. And, and- and tactics. Don't forget tactics. And tactics. Please don't forget tactics. We'll do tactics. tactics is amazing. We'll do, we'll yes, do tactics. Is. Yeah, tactics is the best offering. Um, it really is. Oh, and that's and like I, by only, that I mean War, of the, War of the Lions. Um, <laughs> not its ill-considered uh, brethren. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we stop at tactics. We're not going past that. Uh-uh. Yeah. Um, but we'll give tactics something. I say we do that at the end because I think that's probably where we're going to start rambling and just sort of chatting yes. endlessly. Um, and that way, Blue can just cut us off when he needs to. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah. So, um, but I think those are probably the best ones to discuss, um, other mm-hmm. than uh, maybe a little bit on five to continue what we've sort of been doing. Right. But and and I would probably say, you know, with, with five to, to me, I, I never connected very well with the story because I think I was in the same uh, same position. You were actually in green. I just I I felt it was very disconjointed and I just really lost it somewhere. I like the characters. I I loved parts and everybody. But yeah. five's translation is just bad. I it mostly when yes. I say we talk about five, I mostly mean I, I do think that the two worlds uh, being bricked together is pretty hugely relevant in Final Fantasy. Right. So we'll probably come back to that, but I don't think it needs its own. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that the, the major plot points to pull for the bigger games that everybody kind of likes to talk about would be in five with the, the two worlds joined. Now, all of a sudden, Final Fantasy six pops up and the argument is, well, this world doesn't necessarily have magic before. And now it does. Uh, I mean, Final Fantasy VI end- is a game about two worlds, which is why right. I think it's particularly relevant. Um because in it, there's two distinct worlds, right? There's this world where magic exists um, mm-hmm. and these Esper things live. And it's pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty grand and wonderful for all of them. And then there's this secondary world where we live. Mm-hmm. Um, Is it where... really grand? Because aren't they siphoning off of them? I mean, right. no, no, no. Their world is grand. And then um, people sort of discover how it works and everything sort of gets not grand and it's all kind of bad for them. And then Kafka. Yeah, the worst villain in the history of villains. Um, I would say best. Worst, by, no, by, by I mean worst. I mean like the most yes. horrific. Oh, like yes. That like that. We'll get into that. Oh my god! I will, rant, yes. I will rant loudly about that villain because I think he's one of the most prime examples of reckless, vile evil in the history of yes. gaming. First off, if anybody wants to have a little background music, just go on YouTube, uh, Dancing Mad, for a little while, and just <laughs> let that play in the background because you will have nightmares just listening to that. Yep. Oh my goodness! Final Final Fantasy VI just has so many like different takes and different feels uh, behind it, uh, simply because of the character structure as well. Like it was one of the the first ones, in my opinion, uh, where all of the characters realistically had a meaning and mattered. You really didn't feel like there was one of them that was a a main character, if you will. Like there was right. no quote unquote main character. 
Uh, yes, Tara was hugely important, and she was the first one you saw. Tara is the central the... character, but you can't call her yes. the main character. No, like she she's a focal point simply for the fact that she's like half Esper, and, and mm-hmm. that's the important and, and how the the whole conflict started too. Right, y- y- like. Wasn't she's she the central a, figure. Didn't like she, she not yeah. know she was Esper? We don't really know because she doesn't really know her background very well uh, yeah. at the start of the game. She's basically... She's basically she basically raised, doesn't have time to explain why she doesn't have time to explain. She's All raised, right. she's raised as a slave, um, and she right. doesn't know... Um, she doesn't really know much about herself. And she's basically wearing this this device, this magical technological device that sort of makes that all worse. Yeah, um, and so like she discovers her past throughout the game, which I actually think is is one reason why that game is so amazing. Yes, because it's uh, it's one of the first examples of that in gaming, and I think that's one of the most important storytelling elements that can uh, that has come out of gaming. Mm-hmm. Because like in a book, you don't like you have time to tell the character's story outside of the 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 actual story if you want, right? You can do flashbacks or your whatever right there's tons of tons of tricks to do it but in a video game where the players are actually like engaging with the story it's tough to do that if they're not yes paying attention so having a protagonist that literally doesn't know her own story and is learning it as you play is i think a stroke of genius yeah right. i got to say and they not not to not to do it, dwell on it too much but they do kind of carry that over into 7 as well which i think was great I in think another I think it's good in I seven, but it's better executed in six. Um, it's highly better executed in six. Like I will still say, in, in my opinion, of the numbered Final Fantasies, I still say that six is the best of them. I think six I am, is objectively still... the best Final Fantasy game. And Tactics, yes. I do not consider to be a true Final Fantasy game. That's not a disparaging yeah. thing on it. It's just it's a side game for sure. Yes, um, there's there's elements that link with it, but no, it is it's not a Final Fantasy game. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Where where does that leave us with with six? Because I'm I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's like hugely important. So okay, I know, and we were talking a little bit about recurring characters and kind of the world yeah. basis and how there's magic and stuff like that. But I noticed that, and once you get past a certain point in the games, you go from having a very magic-based, almost uh, Tolkien or Zelda-like mm-hmm. feel to having a very steampunk. And it goes super right. steampunk for right. a long time. And again, that happens around the same time of 5. Okay. Right? Yes. Five, is the, 5 doesn't really have much of that. It has a little bit. And then 6 is where you really see that technology coming in, right. um, which lends you know more to my theory as well. Yeah. So yes, six is basically the uh, the portion where everything does kind of take over. I think on the the steampunk aspect, mm-hmm. uh, you get more into that. Uh, I would almost say like industrial uh, revolution style, where mm-hmm. I I think it does build more off of that. But again, yeah. it's it, it's combining science with magic, right? And that's effectively what Magitech is all about. Uh, and it's the if if I recall right, I believe it's the first time that they even coined the phrase Magitech is Final Fantasy VI, uh, and it's basically this uh, this means that other things can uh, utilize magic to a, a certain degree, but it's not that powerful. And that's where uh, Terra is so different because she has the ability to actually utilize full blown magic. 
mm-hmm. in some respects. Like she's able to utilize uh, later later in her time, she can use flare, and this is a a hugely powerful spell within uh, Final Fantasy. Like it is one of the most powerful. So for her as this magic wielder that otherwise doesn't that exists in this realm or world basically of uh non-magic users like at, let, let's take edgar and and sabin as examples they are basically two of the two of the they're brothers but they're opposites edgar is basically the uh the the king ruler so on uh, uh i guess it's not really king but close enough to it of one of the neighboring uh countries that uh I don't know why I can't remember these these names of these places now. You might remember them better than I do, Damel. Figaro. Thank you. Um if uh, he basically leads Figaro, uh but he uses uh a lot of different technology. One of his his base things is that he uses crossbows and stuff like that. Uh he uses uh I think it's the first time we see bioblaster and a a few other techniques that exist now as a commonality in Final Fantasy. But again, these are all technology based. Mm-hmm. And then you end up getting Sabin and the the whole lead up with this, he's a monk. And not only does he have one of the freaking coolest gameplay things and mechanics in any game uh in Final Fantasy period, it's amazing. Uh he's basically Ryu and they carry that over into his gameplay, uh, where you actually input different key commands, like, like a fighter fighting or, game, yeah. mm-hmm. exactly like a Street Fighter game, and he performs those uh, those actual commands. It's amazingly fun. That's but cool. Sabin again is a is a monk, and again you get this this uh, this mirrored image basically between the or opposite image, I guess, uh, between Sabin and Edgar who effectively stand for the the want to the same thing like they both want peace and whatnot but effectively they are two different sides in this in this coin they're the most representative in that respect i think okay and yeah like it's it's very strange because like people react very strongly when terry uses magic because this world hasn't seen it in in decades um since something happened and most people don't even know what happened exactly? They just know it all went away, and technology took over. Mm-hmm. Right, and okay. So the you were t- okay. I'm jumping back and forth so much because I have so many things that are triggering in my head from watching those That's videos. Mm-hmm. So the one character that I remember seeing his name constantly pop up is the airship captain, Sid. Sid, yes. Why is there always a Sid? Even if he's not an airship captain, he's a technology guy. Because there's also always a a Biggs and a Wedge, or just no, uh, not always. always but that, that picks up in what six? I think they show up, and then they get retconned in in some of the remakes. But six is basically a, a a big one that everybody knows because they're like right at the beginning. But I believe they're they. they yeah, retconned probably because five because we didn't get that until much later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, I think they show up in six first. Yep. Um, and but then like the the some some other characters kind of got converted to them and stuff. So yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, I we don't I don't think it's exactly known why Sid exists or where he came from, but he does exist uh, from Final Fantasy two. I want to say on. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, he's just uh, just omnipresent. Um, yep. 
And that's that's a weird thing about Final Fantasy where they all have very disparate stories and very different worlds, but then uh, these weird things that are the same, right? Like there's always a Sid and he's always a technology made, you know, wizard. Right. Um, and he, he generally focuses on airships of some kind. Airships uh, or flight or something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. Within that same marking. Wasn't he working in the, the, one of the castles in one of the games as the guy in FF4 charge of- he was. Yeah. yeah. And like he yep. he's, he throws a fit when the king fires you, and like he's yep. like, "I'm gonna go yell at him right now." Uh-huh. And your character's like, "No, no, it's fine. I'm sure he'll get over it, and we'll you know we'll yep. figure it out in the morning." But yeah, and four is actually the first experience with for many people, mm-hmm. um, because like that's that's the first big one, right? Because two and three didn't even make it over here, mm-hmm. um, and so like that's the first big one that he showed up in, and then he's in. Um, Six, but only kind of briefly. He's not in, yeah. in that as much. Um, but he is like gonna say really related airship, to one of the main characters. Our airship guy was Setzer in Six. That was yeah. Our, that was our main boy. Yeah, Sid is the um, the engineer who kind of created Magitech, basically. Um, yeah. In okay. Six. So he actually has a much bigger uh, story arc. Which I think uh, is kind of funny because he actually leads himself as like a, a more of a a main villain kind of character. And I think that was one of the first times that he sort of took on the role. Even if it was like unwillingly. Yeah. uh, It's, I mean, that's not, that's, that's, I mean, the same thing is in four, right? He makes the, the, Mm -hmm. the airship fleet for, for that the King uses to oppress and murder tons of people. Right. That's actually, I think a fairly common element. Um, the oh, the only thing I would argue that, that that people use this technology sort of, yeah, badly. definitely, yeah, right. Especially when we get to to seven, we'll yep. we'll cover that for sure. Yeah, so I think that's actually not super um, uncommon, but yeah, no. um, yeah, six. He's definitely responsible for kind of some atrocities that sort of appear. Yep. Um, and but like he did raise one of the main characters who is very crucial to winning the whole war. So yeah. Yet in one, isn't he like the Deus Ex Machina type character who swoops in at the last minute and saves in, you? In, I mean, he does that a lot, actually. Yeah, like, a does. lot, a lot. Um, Definitely. Like, he does... So, like, he does that in four, for sure. Like, two or three mm-hmm. times, I think, even. Um, yeah. In five, he does it well, at least once or twice. I don't think he does yeah. it in six. In seven, he does it at least once, maybe twice. Um, I don't really remember him in nine that well. In yeah, in yeah, ten he's 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 involved, but I don't think he really saves you. But yeah, it, they, a lot of times the especially in later Final Fantasies, especially like from um, I would say ten and beyond, uh, I would probably say he's more of like a he's a there kind of character. He he was there because Final Fantasy started having a sit all the time. Uh, there were very few times that he would actually show up and be kind of useful until I would probably say like final fantasy 11 and 14. But again, I think that's because everything is just there. Well, in final fantasy 11 and 14 are more meant to be an homage to one through six than they are to the rest of the series. Correct. Until you start talking that they, incorporate final fantasy 13 into 14 and i just wanted to punch them in the face for that but let's not talk about that uh, whatever lightning's gear looked awesome yeah that's about where it stopped 
Okay, so I, we've talked a lot about like the early ones because those are the ones that I kind of paid attention to when I was yeah. doing some of my own research. But as far as some of the later ones, going past mm-hmm. the crazy time time traveling witch funkiness that happens in that the Final Fantasy that shall not be named, yeah. Oh, yes, God. exactly. It they is don't even let you Wait, pick your own it. final party! No, they don't. It's you have to randomize oh. until you get one that works. Speaking yep. of that, you, you literally like it. Literally randomizes which characters are in the final fight every time you go in. Right. So, like, unless you wanted to power level every single character, and realistically, ain't nobody got time for that. Right. You you just sat there and reloaded until you got a party that worked, and then you went into the final fight. Best design yep. ever, SquareSoft. Yeah. So, do you want to actually talk about how that? became a really big deal in some of the later ones where you design your own party as you go. Like you have all these, I mean, that's true from arguably five on, um, even five is different when the characters were there. Yeah, a little bit, but five, like five had the job system, which is one of final fantasy's greatest offerings to the world. And I'm not being sarcastic. The job system is so good and it's so hard. Yep. Um, but yeah, um, because like in, in 5, you could build your own party because you had the job system. So your characters could do whatever you wanted. You were always using the same four characters, sort of. But um, <laughs> you could make them be whatever you wanted, right? If you wanted you know, Bart's to be the healer, you could. If you wanted the, the badass pirate chick to be the, the mage, you could, right? Mm-hmm. The, the diminutive little princess could be the... Um, could be the the warrior i mean you could do whatever you wanted and that was that was glorious for me that was really transcendent because i i mean i love two uh, or four to death but like and i actually think that it adds a lot to that story um that you don't control the characters because it means that they can do things to those characters and they can put them in in, in jeopardy and risk and they they do uh, i think the first time i ever cried in a video game was in in final fantasy 4 there's this great scene where these two wizard kids that hated your main yep. character and, but were forced to kind of accompany him to keep an eye on him mm-hmm. have gained so much respect and love for that character that they like, when you're escaping from this one thing, these walls start closing in and like before you can even sort of react, they run over to the walls and they turn themselves into stone to hold the walls in place so that you can leave. And like, I, I mean, I was like, I want to say I was like 10 or 11. And I mean, I just put my controller down and crawled, cried like a baby. Like, yep. Like that was the first time I think I'd ever seen something like that in a video game. And like, it meant a lot more than movies and TV shows because like, I, like I had spent eight hours, six hours with these characters, like growing to love them, listening to their antics, you know, trading mm-hmm. barbs with them from my character who I, I mean, I definitely identified with Cecil and loved him to death. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, it was really, really rough for me. And so like, I, I actually think that added a lot to it in six. They, they, you know, they, because you can kind of pick your own party, it's harder for them to do that. And seven and on, it gets even more so, but um, yeah, you can definitely control your own party and see what characters you want. And that's actually something I think the later games sort of lost a little bit. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um, and it's one of my main complaints with 13, which I think was an otherwise Aww. fantastic game. Um, it had a cool story. It was it was a little on rails, but it was fun. Um, and there's a system in it where you can kind of build your own character. But for some reason, characters are arbitrarily penalized if you're not doing the thing that Square wanted you to do with them. <laughs> right. And so, it basically yeah, takes 
five times as much experience. And so like yep. when that system unlocked and I saw that, I just, I stopped playing the game. Like I just went right. and read the rest of the game. Cause I was like, I don't, I'm not going to spend five times as much effort to build the party I want to build. Right. I want to use the characters I like and I want them to be the things that I like. And I, I couldn't do that. So I was just like, Oh, I'm done. Yep. I gotta say, I, I couldn't play 13. I, I thought it was absolutely despicable. And I just put it down and said, not even touching you. I, I, the story was reasonably interesting. Um, and I didn't end as well as I would have liked, but I, I thought the beginning mm-hmm. premise was cool and the characterization was pretty all right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, say, I almost feel like some of the, the tie in games had a, a better feeling than 13 did, but oh, no, 13 also 13. Definitely. Like the two sequels were better built games. Um, and yeah. the only thing I liked about 13 was I really liked the sort of rapid fire switching of roles during fights was right. really neat. Yeah. Um, and I thought it led to some really cool fight design actually. Um, because it like there were boss fights where like you were very clearly intended like this phase you want everybody doing damage and then this phase you kind of want you need a tank to sort of uh, you know protect the team and absorb damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that led to some very cool fights. But again, you needed those roles, and if you didn't want to use the characters, so. I think my biggest problem in tieback with Final Fantasy thirteen, if nothing else, since we're on the topic, is just that it felt like a poorly written FF six to a, a fair degree. Uh, the largest thing is that you have these Lassie that are in some regard, somewhat relatable to Esper's in a way. Uh, and you, you effectively start to see the way that they're all put together, the, the way that all these characters are put together. And the only ones that have decent voice acting, you, you wish you could hear more of, which is one mm-hmm. big problem. It- uh, but that is another problem that I had with Final Fantasy 13 because it was one of the games that actually had near full voice acting. Final Fantasy 10 had some, but 13 had a lot of it, and it really took a lot of the imagination away. Uh, so I think that was one of my biggest problems and complaints with that game, too. Okay. So there have been, what, 15 main titles and then a So there's been 13 or? main titles and two okay. MMOs that use the same numbering system, which are very yeah. different. Okay. So, which, which are the last say let's go past the one that shall not be named. Which which one? Yeah, you've got me doing it now. Um, <laughs> which one is your favorite and why for the later ones? I think Final Fantasy 10 is actually probably my favorite Final Fantasy. Um it has some pretty cool twists. I think it exemplifies a lot of the core Final Fantasy elements in in solid ways. I will admit that some of the voice acting does detract from it, and some of the choices on how the characters are portrayed further detract from it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want but me to overall, do the laugh? But overall, there's a lot of great elements, and the twist at the end is something I actually didn't see coming, and I almost always can predict what's going on in Final Fantasy. Um, and because we're, we're we're you know basically hip deep in spoilers, the the neat thing about that story is that when you hit the end of that story, um, they pull the it was all a dream thing, but it's not the story that was a dream; it's your main character. What? No. So basically. Oh yeah. Yep. So basically, this this civilization sort of locked itself in a loop. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically brought about their own destruction and kind of locked themselves in a loop. And then this religion formed around them that kind of kept exemplifying that loop. Um, and 
through sacrifice. And like, as you go through the story, the characters realize that they don't want to keep propagating this. They don't want to keep punishing people and keep ruining lives. Um, because like basically one of the people that stops it literally has to become the big villain. Okay. Um, and so you, you basically, instead of healing toe and continuing this cycle, you, you rebel and go off and fight, fight the cycle and try to end it permanently. Um, and it turns out that your character is literally like a figment of this alternate of this, this world that was, and these people that are sort of trapped in this thing. And it's sort of their like last wish to sort of end the big thing, the big horrifying apocalypse that they sort of started. Um, and so like when the story ends, your character just kind of fades away because like, you know, it's all done. It's all ended. Um, and I thought that was, a, I like, I mean, my mind was blown pretty heavily when that happened. Okay. Um, and that that's where Oron comes in. He's sort of uh, an assistant in this rebellion, um, and he's from the same sort of era. And he basically goes in and pulls you out of that dream, um, so that you can, you know, kind of complete this thing and end the cycle. All right. What about you, Beard? Uh, if it has to be any of the ones later, uh, then it probably would be either nine or ten. Uh, but I would probably lean honestly more towards 10 if I'm, if I'm being fair, uh, a lot of the same reasons though. I, I think that it was one of those stories that, uh, I could sit down and, and kind of agree with a lot of where the, the topics are going, how it was kind of placed. So on, uh, the gameplay was also fun. Uh, the story again had all those twists and turns, uh, and on, I, I kind of liked what they did with a lot of the female cast in a way too, or at least most of them. Uh, a lot of them weren't necessarily the the little prissy girls the whole time, which they really set up a lot of times. Right. Uh, they were a little stronger, uh, especially Lulu. I, I definitely did like Lulu, and I I could deal with Riku to a point. Uh, oh man! It's what they. Oh man! It's, now know, we're gonna but, fight so hard. I guess <laughs> now we're gonna fight. Okay, that's fine. Um, but I, I could not stand them, and I need to state this: I could not stand them in ten two. And if anybody wants to bring up ten two. Uh, then we're going to fight. Oh, 10-2 is one of the best games ever made. It just wasn't a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> uh, if we're going gameplay-wise... The yeah, gameplay is I fantastic. The story, it is fantastic. I mean, the story is just popcorn, right? Like it's It, yep. it, it suffers from trying to be a Final Fantasy, in, in all honesty. like If it had just done it its own thing and been its own side project, it would have been so, so freaking incredible. But the gameplay almost- is... Go ahead. I, I would almost say that same thing too with like 15. You know, as much as I love 15 yeah, gameplay and everything, I think that they should have just called it a different project and been done with it. Yeah, it feels like they tacked the name on to sort of, uh, you know, exemplify and push sales more than anything else. Right. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I definitely think that. Um, That, yeah, ten two has a lot of redeeming elements, but very little of it is its Final Fantasy ishness. Yes. Um yes. but the combat is probably the best combat system ever in Final Fantasy. It's so ridiculously fun. I would highly agree with that. Um and I, I, I wanna bring up a special on a mention to nine, and that that's that nine is kind of a weird aberrant game. Um it's it, it's not it really a the... traditional Final Fantasy title. Right. In that it it, it's sort of an apology is the way I think of it for mm-hmm. final fantasy eight, because like, I'm not going to bag on it too much, despite the fact that I hate it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I hate the game. I think it's terrible, but a lot of people enjoy it. And that's cool if you do, but like, it was not well received in the slightest in the final fantasy community. 
Um, it was very divisive. It's probably the most divisive title. Um, some people love it. Some people hate it. And so I think Final Fantasy IX was a very safe bet apology attempt to like sort of go, hey, uh, sorry, here's here's a game that's very much more in line with the old titles than even like seven was. Um, in fact, it directly connects to one, and that's the only example of that in in Final Fantasy. Yep. Cool. It's the only one that actually carries on a storyline from one to the next that is a main, a fairly named number character uh, game. That's the one thing that I do like about nine. Yeah. Even though they're like 15 years apart. Correct. Well, it's, so, it's literally time travel that's involved. So it actually works yeah. out pretty well. Um, basically like the, the base premise for one is like the big villain made a deal with a bunch of demons and then sort of double crosses them. Mm-hmm. And like basically throws them under the bus so that you can kill them. Yep. And in doing so, sort of absorbs their power and breaks out of a time loop that was part of his deal, and goes back in time to sort of like start his ultimate reign of darkness. Okay. And like you have to throw yourself back there too to fight him, but then you sort mm-hmm. of like get lost in obscurity thanks yes. to it. Like basically, nobody remembers what you did because right. it kind of all never happens which is, you know, Final Fantasy at its core. Um, and 9 connects to that villain, actually. Okay. Yeah. So what would you, you know, say is... Let's go ahead, Beard. I, I feel like we're kind of dancing around what we want to talk about, which I think is 7 and Tactics at this point. Yeah, that's fair. Um, because we're, what, like, we got 45 minutes left or something like that? <laughs> I don't think we've been that long. I think we got like yeah, half really. hour. Right. So seven, seven is incredible because seven is the first <laughs> one with in. a cinematic story. Um, yes. And it, it like, that's the only way to describe it because that's the way it's built. Um, yep. I don't think that the story is as strong as either four or six, but it is presented no. in a very cinematic way. And it's very, very heavy hitting in, in the way it impacts you because like the characters are, are much more real and vibrant um, just because you see cutscenes kind of for the first time and like, mm-hmm. it's not on a cartridge so they can push the boundaries a lot more. Right. Um, they, they do, they do something they haven't really done as much in final fantasy, which is they build up a character with the 100%, uh, 100% expectation that they're going to murder that character and absolutely mm-hmm. crush you. Uh, yep. in my case, literally crush my PlayStation, which I picked up and threw against the wall. <laughs> um, and then went to game. Uh, EB games at the time uh, the next day bought a new PlayStation and didn't stop until I got to the end uh, you got this little neat save crystal that you could use to create a save point I created it right outside his room and I spent the next four hours beating him repeatedly uh, yeah. because I hated him so much and I have I'm in fact famous in my PlayStation 4 clan because whenever I run into somebody who has his name and crucible I will literally camp that person until they leave Yeah, and <laughs> out of I hatred for that character <laughs> Don't blame you in the slightest. In fact, the last time I literally got flame messages from the guy because, like, he'd be oh, standing wow. in the middle of six of his team, and I would slide shotgun him, and, uh, <laughs> and I would literally sit there and dance on his corpse while his team killed me. <laughs> so even the XXIXX. Oh, if you've got if you've got anything that is sort of an analog to Sephiroth in your name, <laughs> I'm gonna make it miserable for you. Oh my! I'll even tolerate Kefka more than I'll tolerate that particular giant pile. I of... will tolerate Kefka more because of the way that he's put together. Sephiroth, on the other hand, it's like you just killed one of the like more interesting characters in this entire thing, and she was like the last of her race, kind of, and you effectively 
have no right to do so because all you are is a big bubble blown baby. Yeah, and like seven is kind of a weird story in that Sephiroth is really just a weird pawn. Like it's yeah. harder. It's like Kefka is at least a human being that you can yes. like. I mean, he's an insane one and he's awful, but you can like you can understand why he's doing what he's doing, right? He's he's sort of like the Joker in that like yeah. you don't you don't percent understand why he does what he does, but you get that it you know you kind of understand the 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 core of it. Like mm-hmm. you don't understand how somebody could get that evil, but but like Sephiroth is like one of the few villains in Final Fantasy that's really backed by some sort of just absolute world destroying thing that wants the void to return. And you don't like, there's no, there's no real understanding that, right? Like why would somebody no. want that? And, and that's the thing about seven is that all of a sudden you think you've got to figure it out where Sephiroth is like the main uh, villain. And then all of a sudden you figure out that it very well may not be the case. Genova is realistically the entire cause for a lot of the problems that existed. And her her cells are basically transplanted into all these uh, different beings. And it carries over from project to project in Shinra, uh, doing experiments and so on. Cloud is an example of it in a way. Uh, and his uh, his former, which is Zack, is the other one that is effectively a, uh, m- more important to the story, I would say, to Final Fantasy than any of the others. The problem with uh, Final Fantasy VII, if nothing else, is it's so – there's so much to it. There is before Crisis. There's after Crisis. There's Crisis Core. There's Final Fantasy VII. Then there's Advent Children. So all the – and then we are not going to talk about Dirge Cerberus because if I really bring that up, that's going to be a problem. But effectively, <laughs> there are uh, these uh, – there is effectively all these extra arcs that exist within seven to fully like fully tell this tale. Uh, and that's the thing about seven is that they, they never expected it was actually going to blow up the way they did uh, the way that it did. Uh, and it was all because of one cutscene. So I will, I will kill the suspense because I know you've been waiting for it for a while here. Green, uh, mm-hmm. this cutscene involves a, what looks like uh, it involves the main character cloud uh, who is basically sitting hunched over inside of uh, the back of a truck. And then you have this other spiky haired, uh, he's black haired, spiky haired guy that's carrying around the buster sword, the main sword that uh, is is a very significant final fantasy. Yeah. Very iconic. The one that I actually sold. Yeah. Um, but that's the the biggest sword that everybody effectively knows uh, from Final Fantasy. Like you, if if you say Final Fantasy, a lot of times people think either Cloud or they'll think Zephyroth. I would right. almost put money on it because of the way that they're put together. <laughs> but then you Cloud see is this the most other recognizable, in my opinion, with the blonde hair and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody sees him, and they they're just like the guy with giant sword. That's got to be Cloud. Uh, but Zach all of a sudden comes out of this out of this nowhere. And Zach is the guy that is effectively the uh, the actual main, I would say, protagonist of the the series. Kind because of because yeah. he's the one. It, he's the, basically the one that they've built up now through the other stories that actually does everything. Uh, we'll we'll start off as, as as far back as I can with with Crisis Core because that's actually where his story begins, but he's basically a, there's a, 
army within the the main villain class uh, or the main villain uh, industry manufacturing company. There it is. Good grief! Why couldn't I think of that word? Uh, within Final Fantasy VII, called Shinra, and Shinra, Shinra, however you want to pronounce it, uh, they effectively tap into the life energy of the planet. Zack is there as a soldier third class, and soldier is their private security or military force that they have. He basically gets uh, better and better. He goes up to uh, soldier first class, finds out that Zephyroth, the the other guy that is at the head of soldier at that point, ends up going nuts, figuring out that he was actually born from experiments of Shinra, and that is what basically leads to him needing to to overthrow. Uh, and and try to kill Zephyroth because he burns down this village called Nibelheim. And it just so happens that Cloud is with him. That cutscene that leads up to it is actually him getting Cloud out of Nibelheim after it is basically toasted to the ground, supposedly, uh, and, and gets him back to Shinra to try to stop them from uh, basically ruining the planet. He's the one that's effectively the cause for all of that and leads it. What gets into Cloud's head is that he is he's in this stupor state. And, he's basically and without, in PTSD, basically. Yeah. Um, he just he just witnesses his hometown getting burned down. And, and not just, just in a normal sta- way either. <laughs> no. And he also ended up getting stabbed by Zephyroth, which as much as we will rag on him. He is probably one of the more powerful characters in Final Fantasy, even in his human form. He is that powerful and that strong. Because he's uh, and never it's mostly, fully human, too. To begin with, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he, he has the powers. Uh, Materia is the, the as, a, as a side thing, Materia is the thing that grants a lot of uh, the characters their, uh, their magic capabilities. That is actually a crystallized life essence of the planet. It takes a long time to form, but that's what gives people magic abilities. Uh, he, he's able to basically like use these in different uh, ways and so on. But again, Zack is basically getting Cloud out of there, gets back to uh, Midgar, which is the, the main town that things initially kind of take place in in uh, Final Fantasy VII and the the most I would say the better part of Disc One, um, but Cloud is in again this stupor state. He's just he's completely like lost, and Zack leaves him with the final words to say, "You're my living legacy," and that is what basically stays with him. Uh, and this is the silly thing about uh, Cloud is that he then ends up taking on the persona of Zack, but you don't fully realize this until after uh, a portion in disc two, like towards the very end. And all of a sudden cloud opens up and says, anything I said about any escapade I did and anything I did previously wasn't me. It was Zack. He basically like in his trauma, it just imprinted on him and just completely became what he had seen from him. Mm-hmm. He emulated him from basically. I mean, it's that an actual psychological condition. Like, it's an yep. actual thing that happens. This isn't like yep. this isn't just right. made up for the story. Like, this is a no. this is a real thing that happens. Particularly in war, is a place where you'll see a lot of examples of it. 
um, you know, like when civilians are rescued or something, they'll just like, because they're, they're so weak um, in their own minds that they will just imprint on somebody that's strong. It's, it's, um, it's a variant of Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's basically sort of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it's very, it's very cool. Um, and they they use this this uh, what I love about seven so much and why I still think it's my favorite uh, with the way that it kind of ties back it is just simply that it's how to deal with loss. Everything is just this constant. Uh, it, it, it starts with cloud in this state of he lost his uh, one of his best friends at that point. He, he either remembers it or doesn't remember it. Most likely doesn't at that point. Uh, and then Tifa is is dealing with loss. Barrett is losing with loss, and you start to unravel all these different characters with the way that loss uh, handles, and it's it's coping with loss. So for me, at the the time Seven had come out, uh, I had actually just lost uh, two of my grandparents. So it was one of these things that started to connect back to me, and why that this story was as powerful as it was. Uh, was simply because you, you started to realize how much all of these characters as main characters had lost. Just about everything, it, realistically. Yeah, and it, it, it all culminates to this this figure of Zephyroth where he effectively is the embodiment of that loss or brings loss around the entirety of uh, of these characters in a lot of ways. Uh, and then just to to basically get to that end point, you get to that end fight, and it's just Cloud saying, I have to release this rage that I have. And it's the first, it's also the first game they introduce, like, the limit bar, and that is the one thing that really ties back to the the limit meter, is that they're, the more that these characters get pummeled, or they, they hit enemies and whatnot, it's like it's this... Uh, this introspective, this way of showing this character is building up so much frustration with everything that has happened to them. Uh, that's what I've loved about uh, Final Fantasy is that everything revolves around this theme of of loss and coping with it. Uh, and then just to get to that ending and that the ending scene of Final Fantasy seven. I don't know how many times I sat down and watched that. Uh, it was the the cutscene was so powerful for me, uh, just to see how it all ended that way, and then just to have that that little extra push with uh, Advent Children so many years later was just the 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 cre- like the the cherry on top. Uh, the the arc of Final Fantasy VII is, I would still say, one of the best arcs in gaming, but it took a while to get there, and it's a little muddied, I think. Is, yeah, it, is the it's, reason it doesn't transcend over four and six. It's it is right. a fantastic story and it's it's great, but it's muddled and it's it's just not communicated as well as it could be. Especially when you take out the the main idea. And, and granted, it may have been pulling a George Lucas, but they had Zach as a character within the game, and everybody wanted to know more about him. All of a sudden, three previous like uh, prequel games spawned because of one cutscene. That is how powerful that cutscene was, yeah. and how many, how much people wanted to see more of this of this character called Zach, and it all came from one cutscene and him getting shot and nobody knowing why. 
Well, and like, I mean, there's a bit more to it than that, right? Because like, there's some obvious ties because like, one of the other characters had a big connection with Zach, um, right. and so like, there's a lot of like, why why is he so relevant here? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but yeah, I mean, he he was just this big question mark, realistically, and then yeah, he spawned just you know a bunch of prequels and and you know movies they and had, all sorts of stuff. They had to actually update Advent Children a little bit more for the complete edition. Uh, and I still will say, obviously, that is the best edition to watch that in. And you start to – that's where Cloud uh, – that, that's the joke or, or the, the punchline, if you will, the, the whole thing. Cloud smiles. And that's actually one of the, the last song titles in Advent Children. Because he finally comes song. to such a good song. Yeah, um, it's the the tie back basically to the ending that he's finally given. He, he's finally forgiven himself for everything. He doesn't feel guilty anymore. He's he's basically said, "I am I am no longer the cause of these people's deaths, and I can move on." And that the the ending scene of Advent Children especially with complete and I, I sitting here kind of tearing up just even thinking about the fact that there's like, you know, seeing Zach and this other character just walk away. It's just, it, it was a beautiful scene. Uh, the, the song, w- everything just kind of culminated to this very emotional send off for final fantasy seven. Uh, and I will continue to say that it was definitely the, the best part of it. Uh, yeah. yes, I, I would say that final fantasy seven was, the one I had said it earlier, Final Fantasy VII was the one that got me hooked. It was the one that kind of kept me going, uh, and it is the one I can continuously come back to, probably because it has such very good childhood meaning for me, uh, and, and still feel like I can I can play it, connect with it, and get more and more and more out of it each time I play it. So, would that be the one you would suggest for somebody who played any of the Final Fantasy? knows nothing about the games would you suggest that's the game they pick up yes mm. and I, I i would i would personally <laughs> say it and, and if not that one then i would probably say six uh those are the two that i would probably lean on but i know damel's probably going to say something different so i think six is good if they want if they're okay with a game like a, an older presentation right like because it's mm-hmm. not it's not at all the same as games these days, right? So if somebody doesn't mind sort of the older retro style, then I think six is 100% the right answer. Because I think objectively it's the best Final Fantasy ever made. And I just don't think it's possible to, I don't think that's ever going to change. That's when uh, they've really started getting into better graphics for it instead of the, yeah, I mean, it's it's a super Nintendo game, but it's, it's still, I mean, it's still rough. Like Mm -hmm. it, you can't, you can't get past it. I love that game, but like it's, it's old. Um, and there's some ports that clean up the graphics a little bit and they're fine, but like, yeah, it's still, it's still tough. Um, I would actually say that 10, I think if they don't like that is probably the best Mm -hmm. one. Um, and because as good as the story in seven is, um, and as, as epic and wonderful as it is, in my opinion, this, the gameplay in seven is not, is not that good. Um, it doesn't hold up as well anymore. Yeah, I materi- would agree with that. The mat- like the materia system is kind of gimmicky. It's sort of unfortunate mm-hmm. because it uh, like a lot of the stuff you do in the early game actually ends up not mattering. Yeah, because there's some very kind of very powerful materia, and you don't get that till later. So like a lot of what you do early on literally 
isn't progress because you're leveling up mm-hmm. this material that you just don't care about. Right. Um, and there are a number of materia that are so overpowered that there's no choice in whether or not to use them. Okay. Um, uh, well, and, because and objectively, there's better. A, cho- there's the best choice, and also to to get a golden choke bow, but that's for another day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, in in the defense of the game, I do not know how this is going to hold up with the remake. I do not know systemically how much they're changing it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very good chance that they will be changing it. So if that changes, then maybe that maybe that's a good one um, to do. Well, but the, yeah, the initial gameplay that we've at least seen of it, it's more of a. And granted, we don't know about the material system, which I know is what you you kind of mean overall. But the it's going to be more of like a an action oriented or somewhat action oriented game. Yeah, uh, we we haven't seen full details yet. They're just like, well, we're going to keep pushing it back now. And all of a sudden, it's going to turn into your next Kingdom Hearts 3, and I'm going to really scream. Um, and I think 10 actually has the best um, the best progression system in a Final Fantasy, uh, in my opinion. Okay. Um, because it's this really... So the, the way the progression in, in 10 works is that there's this huge thing called the sphere grid, which is this giant board, basically. Um, And you earn points that you can spend to move along that board. And as you move along, you get new abilities and new attributes. And the fun thing is, is that everybody's on the same board. They just start in different places. Um, And like, just sort of by playing the game, you're going to end up covering most of it. Most of Mm -hmm. it. Um, So like, it actually doesn't feel bad if you want to like, take a character a path that they didn't, weren't intended to be on. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I think it's really, it's really solid. And I do think that the story exemplifies a lot of the better elements of final fantasy. I don't think it's as good as the the arcs and the stuff in seven, but as, as we've mentioned it also, to some extent, seven requires outside stuff to get the full benefit of that. I think. Yeah. I gotta say, if you're looking for a, a single sit down, then I would probably say either 10 or six. I think they're the, the ones that a lot of people, in my experience, when I've recommended them, a lot of people connect with immediately. Uh, and thankfully, I'm looking at Steam right now because I forget which ones are out there. The only Almost ones all of really them. Aren't, yeah, the, like one and two are the only ones that are hard to come by. There's Android and iPad versions if you want to grab those. But otherwise, three, four, four of the after years, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten, two, uh, remaster is out there. Thirteen, thirteen, two, and Lightning Returns. If you want to get into the whole uh, Nova Crystallis series, the biggest problem, more than anything, with Final Fantasy VII is again the fact that it stems over so many other games and media. And the problem is, is that good luck getting those media because mm-hmm. to get before crisis crisis core after crisis and that that line most of it you're was pirating. Called, only you're, you're pirating, pirating highly because yeah. they only released crisis core on psp the idiots and they never and decided like to release six, it anywhere else isn't it like six hundred dollars a disc now or something yes it's stupid and they never and they the one thing I was excited for because I had forgotten that I still had a PSP Go that was hanging around for some odd reason. I was like, hey, I'll go download Final Fantasy Crisis Core and have it at least. No, no, Square no, you can get it for cheap now. It, I guess somebody must have released some. It's only like ten bucks. Changed it. Okay, that's not bad. But yeah. but Square Enix never put it up digitally. Nope. So you couldn't download it digitally. And these are all you used. Can so get it with a disc. It'll work. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the problem. 
and it's a problem with PSP discs especially. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's the biggest issue. If you want my hearted answer, PSP. though, it, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> If you if you want my wholehearted answer though, it's going to lead to what's being talked about right now in chat, and that's just to play the Final best Fantasy game Tactics ever because it's the best thing ever. Play fa- so- Final Fantasy, t- yeah. So okay, let's go into Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh my god, I let's love do this it! game. So we need we oh need to we need to establish first for the audience and the people who aren't part of who aren't part of the, the know is that this game is not it's it's it is connected to Final Fantasy. It is tied to Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. but it's not a Final Fantasy game. Uh, no. It's very different. It, it doesn't share most of the themes. The Sid in it like exists, but he's not anywhere connected to the other Sids, even a little bit. Um, that being said, it is an incredible story. Um, oh, God, yeah. Particularly once they translated it, so it all made sense. Yes. Uh, what? Yes. No. Not, not, not to be an but like i mean i played through the original one and it's almost indecipherable like there was when i played when i finally played through the remake war of the lions there were points where it was like oh my god that's what was happening right (laughs) right like because like you get the most of the major arcs right you understand what's going on and the the crazy descent into madness but there are so many little details where you're just like jesus i had no idea who you were well and and especially (laughs) especially Especially, too, when you start looking at tactics, because it, it started uh, – Square had actually developed it with, like, a very ye old English kind of feel. Oh, and yeah. There was mm-hmm. a lot of that that was in there, and it didn't translate over very well in English for the original game. The other thing that overshadows it, and a lot of people forget this, Final Fantasy VII and Tactics were released in the same year mm-hmm. in the U.S., which was 1997. And that is the problem with tactics. It got overshadowed so yeah. hard by I, seven. And I that's mean, the biggest extent, shame. I agree, but also I think because the presentation was so rough, I don't think it necessarily <laughs> well, it was, it was would have different. done well. <laughs> look, no, 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 no. Let's look at marketing. Let's look at marketing for just a quick second. When you go ahead and you present a game that looks like Final Fantasy Tactics – and then you present something with full-blown cutscenes no, 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 like Final I agree. Fantasy VII. I agree. I'm just saying. How is that going to be perceived by the I public? I agree. I agree. But what I mean is that, like, I don't think it would have done that much better with how bad the translation and stuff were. No, right? I, I There was not yes. even a tutorial, right? What, like, I played that game. Like, I started that game about 12 times before I realized that in the first mission, you could put down more than one guy on the map. <laughs> because they don't teach you that anywhere. It didn't even no, come with don't. a rule book. Nope. So, like, if you didn't well, sort of look at the, like, kind of weird sort of, like, it had icons in the top that sort of indicates that if you hit this button, you'll switch to a different character, you had no idea. So you just, like, put this character down, and you're like, okay, now I'm going to go play. And you go in, and there's, like, seven enemies, and they kick uh, the ever-loving crap out of you. <laughs> and you're just like, what the heck? <laughs> well, and, and even even worse than that is the fact that they actually have this tutorial mission, but it does say tutorial on the front of the freaking game. But it teaches you, like you said, absolutely nothing. Yeah, and it's, like it's, the, it's, the, it's the easy shame. beginner lesson, but it's not actually what? like that. Like it doesn't do anything to make it easy. Like it doesn't have those little like little handy pop ups. It's like here you can add multiple characters. Swap through your characters by hitting this button. Like <laughs> For it's the just longest like, time you just I was have to figure, to figure that out. I was trying to figure out why I was getting my butt kicked so hard in the beginning of tactics simply because of overall, I had no idea I could unlock different abilities because they never oh, yeah. tell you yeah. that. If I like, I, I knew like, I don't, somehow I knew it was a job system game. So I just assumed and I just oh, went yeah. in and looked, but like, yeah, I mean, they don't teach you that. 
well, to set abilities was easy. To change job classes was easy. There was like a menu for it. Mm -hmm. But then you actually get into abilities and you had to get into another sub menu in order to learn abilities. Yeah, because that have to, character. Because with tactics, the, the original tactics, you had to actually like not only just equip them, you had to learn them too. Because right. like with advanced, well, I mean, that's, you, that's, like with that's tactics, pretty much all of the tactics, but yeah, like that's well, because like you advanced, had to learn them and then choose which ones you wanted to equip. Oh, that's right, yeah. that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like yep. advanced, advanced was much more. See, I I kind of came in on the like a reverse way. I actually learned about Final Fantasy tactics through Tactics Advanced, and so oh, I played. Sorry. So yeah, well, really, I I I'm loved sorry. I loved advanced because it was it was me. I forgive you. I, the judge you know, system can go to go. go oh, yeah, well, judge, oh like God! Yes. System. Okay. So okay. Yes. If you even said, will, if you even said I, A2, I will, A2 oh. is fine because the judge system is tolerable in that. Yeah. The right. judge system Ex at in, least. in tactics is one of the most sadistic things oh anyone God. has ever done to gamers. It like, was every so time somebody bad. Somebody looks at me and goes, "Dark Soul is so crushing." I'm no. like, "Why don't you just go no. play through tactics? <laughs> no. Why don't you just go through your tactics? No. You want to you want to talk about restrictions and have this judge come in and be like, if that person uses a melee skill, they're out." the fight and yeah. you're just like well whatever i do now i guess i'm just done <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you're like wait a minute you just all i have is a team on the freaking tames and you move on all i have is like a My team of freaking nothing nothing but like monks and fencers and i'm like how the heck do i use anything but physical moves at that point it's just it's so Thanks bad and it like in a2 they moved it over from a harsh punishment to losing a reward and that is yeah fun. that yeah. is actually good yes. design Right. Like if you want this shiny thing, you must you must play by the rules. That is great. Well, it's put a challenge on it. This was this was legitimately like we're going to take a character from you, and I after so long, they will legitimately be put into a execution chamber and die. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, the last fight I did, I accidentally forgot to unequip counterattack, and I went into a fight. Oh no. no. And, like, my big hard hitter counterattacked and got judged, and I just, like, I literally just took the card out, and I threw it in the trash, and I never, I've never gone back. So, I, and this is, this I is completely like, counter. This game, entirely. And, and this is completely counter to, like, that control that you feel with the first one, because what... What tactics instilled with this idea of permanent death on a character, and it would it, it was like kind of like a fire emblem idea because I know that was also really big over in Japan mm -hmm, at the time, mm -hmm. and I know I know this wasn't the first game that introduced it, but uh, long story short, after it, it was, one. yeah, I, I would definitely say that. And I mean, Shining Ogre Force and everything did. First yeah, one to Shining do Force it. was the first. Um, Ogre Tactics didn't really have the same feel because, like, your characters were no. all mooks, right? You didn't like. They, sure, you lost them, but they weren't. They weren't like Billy Joe Bob the Knight. They were just like generic <laughs> knight. That yes, you had, spent, like, you had some special named characters, but like, yes. well, okay. So I'm going to pause here, and also because we're talking about sadistic systems, I don't know if anybody's <laughs> familiar with the first <laughs> Ogre Battle game that came out. Oh in America, no! Which Why is, are you doing this which to is, me? Which is what called I'm. To this day, I'm still struggling with this game intensely. Um, <laughs> so this is one of the most punishing games in the entire history of the world. So there's two endings to this game. There's a good ending and an evil ending. Uh -huh. In order to get the good ending, you have to be a good guy. Now, normally that just means you have to kind of do good things and you go save some kittens, you know, put out a fire to help the old lady cross the road, whatever. Not in this game. In this game, you have a thing that's called reputation. And your reputation falls whenever you do something that could even sort of peripherally be considered the neighbor to dishonorable. This includes fighting enemies who are lower level, fighting at night. Note, you have very little control over when battles happen. Very little. <laughs> <laughs> this, thing, 
this like includes none. using basically every powerful unit in the game, except for like two, which are good guys, because they're evil. So like in order to get the good ending for this, you basically have to jump through all of these abnormally awkward hoops in order to like placate these fictional deities and be the good guy. And it is so mm-hmm. soul crushing. And I, I have been struggling with this game since it was in America. I don't remember when that was, but it's like a long time ago. Um to this day, and I have never finished it. Um, no, uh, I, I refuse to take I an evil. I refuse to take an evil ending. Like yeah. I've been playing since so 1993, so 24 <laughs> years I have been yeah. trying to play this game. Wait, like, wait, no, you, you have been you've been playing this one game for 24 years. Yes, and I yes, have, and I have never been. It is it. that and, bad. And, and Beard will back me up on how valid this particular strategy is. Like, yes. Like I want the good ending. I am going to earn the good ending and it will happen mm-hmm. someday. <laughs> well, it's demo demo. I'm just going to say this is up there with the argument of of gaining light without killing people that we had. This is this is up there with that. Like I'm glad you guys didn't push it because I 100% would have done that. I know. I I know. I absolutely (laughs) would have done that. And you understand now the depths of my conviction because you doubted me before, but I think you may not doubt me now. So what you're, so what you're saying is this whole conversation that we tilted over in Fire Chat, and it was one of our most intense and uncivil chats we've ever had. In which people 100% insisted that all guardians were proponents of the sword logic because we killed enemies to gain light. And I was like, this is stupid because you could theoretically hit max level, never killing a mob. And like, people were just this close to pushing me to do it, right? Because it is possible to level people, from one. People, to people, being, people being me. And Handsome Dragon was there too. Oh my gosh. Oh lord. Who's one of the people I most love having with because he's i mean he's, oh, he's quick like yes like he keeps me on my toes but like i mean because you can do it you get cap in destiny without killing a single enemy uh and i would have done it but nobody 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 took the challenge so that's, <laughs> demo that's demo would good. still be playing destiny one at this point. no actually, <laughs> actually i did the math and i think it it would have taken me like five or six solid weeks of playing oh yeah that's right because yeah because yeah because i remember you were talking about that yeah yeah <laughs> But yeah, so like oh I goodness. started, I started off in advance. So when I went to tactics, it was like, oh, this is actually oh, transcendent. Yeah, well, because yeah, because uh, I was like, I don't have to worry about the the random chocobo showing up and yelling at me. <laughs> so I, you know, I he always going, jumped oh. in on the damn chocobo, and he's like, you can't do this. It's like I'm gonna hit you with a baseball bat. I don't know. I want to exemplify <laughs> the story of tactics for a little bit, which, yes. when 100 percent properly translated, is a story of revenge, betrayal, darkness, and overcoming that darkness, such as this world has probably never second. seen. Let me finish real quick. And I mean, like <laughs> I mean, like Shakespeare and everybody like that, all of those great classic authors have nothing on how deep and intricate this tale is a recreation, like, and, you know, cranking just, to 11 of European politics. Y- yes. And, and just to interrupt on that, how much I went off on Final Fantasy VII and started to going like full introspective and start tearing up on that one. Oh no 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 tactics. I'll be worse about. Oh yeah. Oh like I I as much as I talked about raging about Sephiroth, there are characters in tactics that I won't. I would rather not discuss here. And I'm I'm thinking you'll probably feel the same way. I think it just won't come off. But there's some real 
real bad people in that game. Oh my god, the yes. absolute worst. Um, and and the more you find out that it's like actually related to your like half blood and everything, you're just like, oh, oh no. I mean, my one god. Of things, one of the things that makes it such a story of betrayal and darkness and like corruption and power grabbing is, and I mean, Libby should definitely play through this game because he's he's the one who insists humanity can never be good, and this game basically confirms it. Um, <laughs> like, but you you get to you basically get to watch the the vast majority of your family descend into like i mean you know milton-esque yeah. levels of depravity and corruption yes. um yes. like like i i i'm i'm 100 sure that the lucifer of milton would look at the family you grew up in and go damn people you need to chill yes <laughs> like, yes chill there is zero there is zero chill in the boils like zero not not like negative chill they, yes, they reduce absolutely. chill in the world by existing yes and, like <laughs> It's, and it's just amazing because your character's well, literally this like he just he just goes and grabs a sorry no I'm sorry like he just goes and he grabs a mop and a and a and a and a bucket and he just I mean he just cleans up after these people yeah like, he just walks behind to them and fixes everything and at the and, end of and it, I mean but he fixes the end of it he doesn't even get credit no no but he that's also no point but, of the game. I mean, when you go in the intro that's this there's this scholar saying this is the story of this war but it's not like you think there's actually a yep. hero you never knew about yeah mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that when they translate gets about a thousand times better because like that's oh. really poor in the initial translation actually um, yes and like Especially but yeah that, that- that that opening just just drives me absolutely mad. The opening is bad. See, now I want to go play it again. Uh, the I know is that's really what bad this game does to of, you. A lot <laughs> no, of really crucial familial conversations are bad too. Um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. like because like contextual like contextualizing how intricate the family relationship is and why your character is doing a lot of what he's doing and why his family is kind of doing what it's doing just doesn't well, even, come across in the initial release like as well. He, even like uh, Weigroff or Weigroff, however you want to pronounce the name, it, 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 you don't get that full conviction in what he's doing until after all is said and done. And they finally translate it properly. Yeah. And then having everything translate over with Meliadal and everybody else is just like, how, how did you screw this game up? Well, you no, had so the actual East. question, in my opinion, is how was this game so freaking amazing when you yeah. were missing like a third of it? Right. <laughs> that's the actual question. Like yeah. because that's that's what happens. Like when you play the game and you have the proper translation, you just go like, "Wow, this game was already S plus tier. Like we're going to have to invent a new tier. Like there's just nothing to classify this game. <laughs> yes. It just doesn't exist." No, and, like, it doesn't. this is already one of the best games in existence. So like what do yes. we do now? Like <sighs> maybe 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 somebody actually sabotaged the translation because the world's just not ready. <laughs> Like they're like if the we wor- release the, the story, world the is not world prepared. End, they'll just stop eating. Yes. They'll just play this game till they die. It's like if Destiny actually connected all the dots. Hey, oh, <laughs> I mean, I I love Destiny. I think we all know that. I think we've all yes. heard the yes. arguments, but no, I can't back that. The story in tactics is <laughs> is, is better. It's, it's just, well, it's and better. I think and it, I think it, it's it, it really. I I think it is one of the 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 highest stories in pretty much any game that i've played but it it you're mm-hmm. right i mean it takes like you have to play the full game because you i mean don't, you don't understand you don't, a lot of you, the context of the first third until you're finishing the last right, third right and yes. i mean but you don't you don't get sucker punched until the end 
Which well, I mean, that's, I mean, you get sucker punched. Oh, well, over okay, over. okay, that's true. Escalating. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, the the big punch. Until the you big punch. The point where you're like, nah, nah, it's all good. Like, I can't even. I'm immune now. And then no, no, he drags you out. He drops the kryptonite right down your throat, shoves it down there, and then he just punches you in the dick until you cry. And then you just weep. You just weep with oh. a broken soul. And then you know what you do? You put that game down. You go get a beer. You start right over. <laughs> yeah, you yes, start. You exactly. start right back only... up. <laughs> and that's how I, you know. I, I and can... that's how you know it's a Final Fantasy game. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yes, but I mean, like one of the things that really does make this game so well is it really does exemplify that old style of English European literature because it's so mm-hmm. epic and sweeping, and the characters are like you really are just, it captures that feel of you're really just a guy stuck in a mm-hmm. tempest trying desperately to grab whatever pieces of the world you can and just hold them down like as right. much as you can. And like, like all throughout the story, your character's like, I, I got nothing. Like I got, I have no idea how I'm going to fix all of this, but I'm just, I'm just going to keep trying and hope mm-hmm. it all works out. Yeah. From the, the first moment that you end up like losing some of the two, or you think you lose two of the closest people that are like in your life originally. And then it ends up just evolving from there and you become a mercenary. And it's just like, mm-hmm. this doesn't have an end in the place that it, it should go. Well, I mean, and there's, there's as two you things, get older and form, it just gets worse. There, there's and worse. Two, there's two fundamental elements of that game. And that's that like, it's always going to get worse for your character until it can't get worse anymore. And I don't mean that like, you hit the bottom. I mean, literally, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. You're, there's nothing left of you to work with. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the theme of that game may as well be called perseverance. It's yeah, perseverance through, through, against everything that is coming at you. Yeah, and that's and the, the the second is just that like, I yeah, perseverance is the second one. Pretty much, you it. it's just it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous how much fortitude that character has in the face of just oh, losing God. everything yeah. over and over and over. Because like, Ramsey Boyle is a bad. I mean, no, no, least. he is the bad. He is the high yes. lord of bad. Like mm-hmm. every other bad. Like the main man looks at. The main man loves Final Fantasy Tactics. That's where he got his. That's where oh. Lobo got his bad. Literally, that's, <laughs> that's where that came from. He played Final Fantasy Tactics, and he was like, "This guy is all right. I'm going to emulate this guy." Before that, he was a wreck. He was so, like, he's, I mean, he's the other head over heels in love with a girl. The other really cool thing for me was when I was playing Final Fantasy Tactics was the and this was kind of, you know, Beard, you're talking about like the love of story. This is actually one of the games that really Mm -hmm. got me hooked into the connections between reality and games, because I mean, and I I, I know you guys know about the war, the connection between the War of the Lions and the, you know, oh, I mean, like the War of the Roses. The, the yeah, War of the Roses, which is actually oh, yeah, a historical absolutely. thing. And, I mean, you think that the War of Lions is this horrible thing. I mean, no, this is actually based some yeah. – I, I don't know, I I don't mean, know how close it's cranked up to like, 11 and they add right. demons. But, like, yeah, it's, it's – right. The demon it piece, is, like – but the events, but I mean, like, so, the so events I'm gonna were pretty accurate. And zoom back out. Yeah, I'm going to pause and zoom back out a little bit and show, like, this is a theme that Squaresoft is really heavily into. They really – I don't want to say they like to persecute, but they definitely like to draw into the spotlight and try to make you think about things in, in, in a lot of ways. And a lot of that's European history. And a lot mm-hmm. of that's also religion. Uh, Zeno gears, which I brought up earlier. Yeah. Um, Zeno, yeah, that's right. Oh God is, yes. is a very large discussion of, of religion. And, and at the end, when we're all done, I want to, I want to tell green the story of Zeno gears so I can watch her head explode live on, yes. on Twitch stream. Um, <laughs> 
because of the fricking twists in that are so huge and metaphysical. It's just ridiculous. We we talked about Final Fantasy for you know the majority of this, and realistically, oh no 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 no, Final Fantasy Tactics and Xenogears, those are the mm-hmm. two stories that I would say overall are are encompassing of when I was a when I was a kid growing up which absolutely blew my mind and I Mm. had no idea where to go from there. I needed more and more and more of that. And the fact that Square Enix didn't deliver as they ended up merging afterwards was just the most disappointing thing in the world. Yeah. Though I don't know how you could build a sequel off of Tactics. You you actually could kind of... uh, I, I have thought about this left and right just to basically introduce Oren uh, into the tale and have him try to correct everything. Try to correct everything. Oh, Oh, my my God. That would be a a cluster. And then all of a sudden, everything just starts to happen again. Like, he starts digging too far, and it it brings up this entire rush, and all of a sudden, it's it's now not that Ramza's been betrayed this entire time, or the whole entire team has been betrayed this entire time. Now it's history and life has been betrayed. Take that sucker punch to the gut. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, they just do things that they would never do in anything else. Like, I mean, they're, like... There, there are ambiguous characters to the level. Like Final Fantasy tends to like to keep things at least like to the outer edges of gray, right? Mostly, mm-hmm. it's pretty black and white. Um, yeah. But it's it's not in tactics. Um, no. Outside of your character and one, two other characters, I think I can think of off the top of my head. Like everybody is is muddy. Everybody's soul is a little bit black. Everybody's dark, and even like Thunder God Sid, who's a pretty yeah. alright dude, is not is not above no. reproach uh ramza is 100 percent above reproach in every way shape and form and i will take it take yeah, umbrage well, to anybody but, who disagrees it um but it wasn't his del- sister's was his it sister's Delita? pretty all right too um and uh agrius is pretty all right too delita has Agrius's some darkness pretty- not as much as everybody else did- but oh no. okay that's right that's right because she yeah okay delita does some things yeah, that are not of the angels he <laughs> Yeah. 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 Delito was not of the angels. I, I mean, Delito no. is a good guy, but that's one of the things I'm saying. Like, Delita is a character that would never exist under any circumstances in any other, in a Final Fantasy game. It just would never happen. Mm. Like, they would and never just, have somebody that twisted and, and, and gray. No. No. Uh, considering how many ways you're like, is he good? Is he bad? Is he good? Is he bad? You the never is, would get yes. that. Yes, exactly. Uh, you would never get that in, like, storytelling today. I would argue like I, it, it's pretty all. rare. You some games do yes. that sort of thing, but it's, it, it's very rare, but, but it's I mean, poorly executed in comparison to the Lita for God's well, sake. Yeah, some, mostly there's, there's been some good ones, but yeah. All right. I, I might love the game too much. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and yeah, I think, I think if you guys, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of start wrapping this up because we are, we're bumping up against the two hour mark that we do normally you want me to do the Zeno gears synopsis on the thing, or should we do that after? Um, it won't take too terribly long. Green. How, how are you? How is your, how is your head able to handle another explosion? Uh, <laughs> so, Xenogear starts with a very interesting cinematic. There's a space. There's you're on a spaceship flying through space, um, and some background that doesn't come up until much later, and I don't even think comes up in the game. Um, 
is that there's a the humanity built a supercomputer. They pulled an extra dimensional creature into power it, and it was kind of intended to serve as a, a weapon of war um, that that would win all wars for humanity. They decided that it was too powerful and too willful, so they kind of ship it off into the void to like I think throw it into a black star black hole or something. Correct. Obviously, this machine is not happy about this. Uh, it kind of wakes up even despite it wasn't supposed to, and starts taking over the ship. There's a pretty heart-wrenching scene in which the captain's kind of sitting there, waiting for everybody to evacuate, looking at a picture of his family. And across the machine, the screen in front of him, it repeats the words just, I am the Alpha and the Omega, um, which people will probably reference or Mm -hmm. recognize the reference. Um, And then the ship explodes. The next thing you know, you wake up on the planet and you're this this guy and you're kind of living in this village and it's all primitive and like, it doesn't seem to connect to the sci-fi at all. And you go through and you find out that there's all this kind of tech that's crashed on the ship on the planet. Like people, there's these giant mechs that people fight in and like, you know, some people live like with windmills and watermills and, and grain. And some people have some technology. It all boils down to that machine. <laughs> that machine, uh, basically crashed onto the planet um, and decided that it needed to get off and defend itself. So it it sort of empowered two, one human and created another out of its sort of existential life force, the extra planar thing, and then used its own DNA to create humanity so that humanity could eventually progress to the point where they could create starships in order to get it off this planet so it could continue whatever it wanted to do in space. Mm-hmm. And your character and another one that you run into are the reincarnations of those two that sort of were tied to the the, the machine's power. And you go through like you've, you you like find out all these memories from your past lives. You find out that this religion that exists on the planet is actually just this like whole system of control. It's basically like kind of a government masquerading as a religion. And you like take that all apart, and you show up and like. I mean, I'm I'm glossing over a lot of the complete mind screw that happens. In oh this my game. god, yes! But like, that's the basic that's the basic premise is that this computer created the whole race of humanity on this planet in order to escape. Yep. Like it's just it's like and it's it's amazing. It's an amazing story. Um, and I've spoiled a bit of it for you, but it's still worth playing because like even knowing that it doesn't matter. There's just I so want to ask a question. I want to ask Added questions, but I don't want to add time. But well, hey, well, let's, let's wind Damo, down and then we can. Damo, is the answer forty-two? Um, <laughs> did they I ask? Would say that this, did they ask? I would it? say that in this case, this machine would probably eat the answer forty-two <laughs> and make it more. Yes. <laughs> so, like, one of the greatest strategies of this game is that the creator desperately wanted to do a trilogy. And it was mm-hmm. like, this was just supposed to like as deep and intricate as the story was, it was just supposed to be the first leg. Oh God. Uh, and sadly that never came to fruition. We got kind of a pale approximation in a different way, but it, it, yeah, I, it, it's, just, it's one wow. of the great tragedies of gaming. Like if that had, I think if that had come out and finished, it would have been. They tried with Xenosaga so hard. Uh, that's and what I mean. Had, they had nothing that they could do to stand up against what they did. With yeah, years. It was well because they lost a, a lot of the team too, yes, and like, there was a that lot was of a problem. Like there was the, a lot of developer the pressure. Design, 
to the make original it... design team was gone. You, you didn't have realistically any of the real full backing. You had a lot of the the idealistic characterism that ended up fading uh, outside of like the first one. The first one I think was the closest homage that could get there. The first like, one was a good game. Get there, but um, then after that, like the second and the third, it was just like forget it. Just because well, most of the creative team left because the the publisher was pushing them to make games that they didn't want to, and they're like, Correct. no, this isn't this isn't what we signed on to do. And they actually got out of right. their contracts for it because the the company so does desperately wanted to train wreck these games into making yes. no money um, that they, that they did that. They literally did that. They train wrecked yep. the games into making no money and the actors left too. Like they lost yep. a lot of actors. Uh, most of the voice cast in the second game is actually different because like oh, some of the actors also didn't want to participate anymore. Um, they, had, they had no care to not yeah. none at all. Cause like characters randomly just like wildly shifted in the first one. I didn't even finish the second yeah. one. Like I think I played through a third of it and I was just like, this isn't, this isn't even connecting to the first one. Like this is the most egregious use of a, of naming something uh, to, <laughs> yeah. to, to exploit it that I've ever seen. Yes. Well, on so, that note, on that note, yeah, let's, let's now that, now that, now that <laughs> green is going to kill all of us. Uh, yeah, probably just me. Or probably just you. Okay. Well, we'll let you take it. one for the team. Um, what what about final comments or shout outs uh beard what what do you do you have any for us uh i mean shout outs for this week it's basically just uh honestly it's to anybody that's that's trying to to stay up during destiny 2's launch longer <laughs> than me because you're absolutely crazy uh for one thing Probably. but secondly yeah, no, definitely, I would say at this point. And that's saying that, have you listened to me? Yeah, yeah, Do you enough. know how I no, talk? You and this round. I'm kind of crazy, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> but for, uh, you know, my buddy Grindhead Jim uh, has been hard at it for the last uh, few weeks now. Uh, he, he's just been growing steadily and realistically. Uh, I think he's one of them that uh, has a lot of, a lot of things that go against him. Uh, especially with like internet connection, everything like that, that definitely he, uh, he, he fights against all the time. Uh, so I got to definitely give a shout out to him for like what he's been doing. But seriously, if you are, if you are gaming that heavily, especially with destiny two, do not forget to take breaks, get up, walk around, get water, go mm-hmm. to the bathroom, whatever. Please don't die. Like anybody in EverQuest did back in the day. Those horror oh, stories God. are terrible. Oh, I mean, better than some of the Japanese MMO stories. That's fair. Korean ones are worse, though, too. You know, those anyway. are both bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, First of all, one of those murder Koreans... stories, I was like, that's a joke, right? Uh, no, that seriously No, that was... Well. It, it happened. <laughs> uh, some of the worst ones have been, like, the StarCraft ones. Anyway, I'm going to oh, start yeah. getting to those stories. Carry on. <laughs> all right, Diamo, what about you? Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Handsome Dragon, actually. I mentioned him earlier, but I want to give a shout-out to him for uh, for the charity stream, the Lore Minds charity stream that he did. Yeah. And, it was fantastic. It went off well. I had a blast on it, and I just want to—I want to thank him for working hard and hurting all those cats to make that happen. So, mm-hmm. all right, Definitely. Green. My shout out actually goes to GameStop, and actually—oh, oh, I quit. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> I quit. No, no, here's, here's, here's why. Here's why. You guys know I just moved. I just moved to Colorado from kansas did you know that if you do a pre-order in a different gamestop store they won't automatically transfer to the new store because of the franchising thing mm-hmm. because i got a limited edition it made it even harder for them too but laura the store manager at my local gamestop 
worked for the last two weeks to get me a limited edition copy that mm. I was able to take home last night. And I left GameStop at 10.05. Wow. I was on my way home to load. So, so I will definitely accept your shout out to Laura. Yes, yeah. definitely. I would say <laughs> I, would, I would give it to Laura, not to GameStop. Oh, okay. And I will tell you that one not, from experience. Not to sure. literally the devil incarnate that tried to put you <laughs> yeah, in really. out of business. Uh, they, 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 they quit that. They quit that practice, if you remember. Did you read that? Uh, uh, the cycle of life? Or I, the, what, actually, what is it? I, I mean, as they somebody that. As somebody, as somebody that worked for them for five years, it had been going on a lot longer. Than oh that. yeah, oh uh, yeah. But I mean, didn't isn't that? Yeah, we're not going to get into the news. No, the, it's just the, the secondary market. In the way, it's just the secondary market, and the way they push it is like it doesn't matter as much now because of Kickstarters and Steam. But like, it made it very tough on indie companies. Oh yeah, uh, early on mm-hmm. because it was mm-hmm. it was nigh impossible for them to make money because like you know, a third of their sales ended up being used sales that they didn't actually make any money for. And that's right. That's, that's my issue with GameStop. Um, Absolutely. A lot of people enjoy them. They like the company, but I cannot abide that. So (laughs) fair enough. Well, my shout outs uh, are both to our, both our guests. Thank you so much for taking time out of uh, destiny Two gameplay to come and jump on stream. I'm I'm glad that you guys took a break. Uh, (laughs) Uh, and, I, I, don't, content I, don't right what, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm in patrol. <laughs> <laughs> I have been you, full stream. You devious son of a. <laughs> and um, I also just wanted to remind people our next uh, extra lore topic is going to be about the de- DC universe. Um, we're going to try to. I don't know how we're going to do that one, but we're going to try it. And so if you have any... We're going to focus on the overall elements of the universe, the characterizations of the more important characters, and the quintessential elements of what makes DC, DC. Yeah, that's actually kind of pretty close to what Green and I were talking was like, Mm -hmm. really big picture, what is going on? What makes DC, DC as compared to, you know, Marvel or, you know, any of the other indie games or indie, uh, indie games, indie titles out there. The, the other um, comic title, yeah, and mm-hmm. new, new new fifty two or no? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but Preview but that next week. But, but uh, right. Heads and the Outlaws was pretty good. What I'm saying is, if you guys have any emails for that extra lore series, uh, be sure to let us have those uh, at our in our email, or you can reach out to us over on the Discord server or on Twitter, whichever one's easiest for you. But with all that, let's run through the outro real quick before Green. Uh, one second, one second, oh, one yes, second. Yes, yes. If you want to get into like deeper topics when it comes to the DC universe, we actually have a pretty active chat right now. It's it, I would want to say it's one of the more active ones we've had in a while as far as going in depth with a lot of different characters and plot points in the history of it. So if you like DC comics or are even interested in it or want to know about the history of like the comic what is it the comics alliance or whatever uh yeah comic the comic code. comic, comic code, code. jump into chat because it's been a little psycho in a good way um but i would say even beyond this month our comic chat is very good and one of our our better and more consistent things so if people listen but they don't participate in the, the discord I, I highly recommend if you have an interest in comics get in there yeah do it all right you guys good Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. 
Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Thank you again, Damo and Beard, for jumping into the chat. We really appreciate having you, and I'll be sure to get links to you both in our show notes for anyone who wants to continue chatting with either one of you. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback over on iTunes. Reminder that we do try to stream a recap of the month-long extra lore conversations in the first week of each month. But if we have any variations, we always make sure to let everyone know through our Twitter account, at FocusFireChat. Also, be sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on TheGuardiansOfDestiny.com. So, until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright. 